Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. My message is called Delivered for a Purpose. So I will be um, sharing my testimony with you. Many of you probably heard it online or I've already shared in some places. But if you have not heard it, here you go. <laughs> so let me start with the, with the scripture first. If you have Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. And the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I want you to put a mark there. We're going to come back to that scripture in a little bit. I was born in Moscow, Russia, and um, my parents, they were pastors. I, I'm a PK, <laughs> raised and born on a church pew, yes. But I did not know the Lord. You know, um, life in Russia is a little bit different than here. I immigrated to the United States with my family as a refugee when I was 19 years of age. And so I was growing up as a um, um, pastor's kid. But in Russia, it's a little different. If you are Christian, like Protestant Christian, it considers to be very weird, something that does not belong. And the society automatically rejects you. And so I was growing up in school. I did not have friends. I was always seeking for that acceptance from teachers, from uh, my classmates. And I could not ever get it. And since we had, I'm from such a big city. And we had a small church. And uh, we only, you know, went to the church like, once on Sunday and you had to drive to the church like an hour and a half in a car or an hour so it was very difficult and I didn't really have any Christian friends so I was pretty much growing up by myself and craving that connection and when I was in high school it got so dark for me that I started to uh, look for friends and completely become not who I was I was craving that and I connected myself to some uh, friends that weren't doing good. They're good guys. They did what unchristian people do. I can't blame them for, for that. But I wasn't born again. I did not know the Lord. And so I was growing up like that, feeling rejected from the society, from friends. Couldn't find connection, you know, like Mariana shared. There's a lot of Victoria shared that there's a lot of rejection that devil is using, you know, to pull us away from God. And that's what happened to me. Rejection from the society. I come from the communistic society where they don't believe in God and they mock if you're a Christian. And this is kind of, you know, teachers I was surrounded by. And some of my teachers, they knew that my parents, they were pastors. And I remember one time where it got so bad for me that I walked into the class and I overheard accidentally that my teacher was talking to students about me. I was so hurt. Like I could not like 
okay, what else? And I was a teenager in high school, and that hurts. So I started kind of going down and down the hill from there. I started, I connected myself to the wrong crowd, started to party, all kinds of stuff that comes with it. And that emptiness was becoming deeper and deeper and deeper in my soul. And I remember uh, the day before we moved to the United States with my uh, family, I'm standing in church. It was Sunday, our last Sunday at the church. I'm standing there and I am trying to like see and I'm talking to God in my head and I'm saying, God, why are they singing? Why are they praying? Like, I don't get anything out of it. Like, I don't understand. I know you exist somewhere over there. Like, I believe in you. I, I'm not saying like God is not real or anything of that sort, but I just don't understand why. And something miraculous happened to me. I felt like a wave crash over me. The presence of the Holy Spirit came up on me so strongly. I had this strange feeling that it, it was almost as though I was put underwater. You know, the sound becomes weird when you're kind of like go underwater. And that's how I felt like all the noise kind of became the singing. Everything became far away from me. And it was me and God. And he starts speaking to me. He's telling me, Lana, I am real. Just that one phrase. But because of his presence, that moment, he didn't need to tell me that. He was there with me. And in that moment, I'm standing. I remember myself standing there. And I'm like, oh my God, you're real. Oh my God, you're real. I'm like freaking out inside. And that was the first time I experienced the reality of God. And I know some of you here, women, you might find yourself in a similar position. Like, you know about God, you've heard so much, but you just never experienced Him. You never experienced the reality of His presence. And I believe that tonight is your night. We're going to pray that the presence of God will encounter you tonight. And you will not go back home dry thinking, what a waste. But you will go back home and say, wow, God is real. And I just speak that over you in Jesus' name. When we moved to the, to the United States, uh, first month into it, um, we found an amazing church, uh, Generation for Truth. It's in Vancouver, where, where I actually got saved and then planted. So I come to church. Uh, G4T. I didn't speak English yet. I was like using a translation. And um, Pastor Slavic is speaking and I'm being, being like convicted by the Holy Spirit. This conviction came over me. I couldn't stand on my feet so I dropped myself to the knees and I start bawling my eyes out. God started touching me, but not only to show me that He's real. At that moment, He was asking something of me. He was asking of my surrender. Because when I experienced His presence, I did not necessarily surrender my life to Him. And at that moment, 
my sister is standing here, my brother is standing here and I can't stop bawling because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit that is just pouring out of me. I'm on my knees and I'm just surrendering my life to God and I'm promising Him things and I'm like, yes God, you got me. I'm gonna follow you for the rest of my life. You have my heart, you have my time, you have my everything. And this was the moment where I got saved when I surrendered completely my life to God and some of you on this place I know that you have experienced the presence of God in your life you know he's real you know the reality of the Holy Spirit but yet you have not surrendered your life to God yet and tonight I challenge you to surrender your life to God because this life means nothing without God means nothing. Apostle Paul says that I consider everything as garbage compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I just pray that these words will just hit you strong and the Holy Spirit will speak to you that tonight you have to surrender your life to Him. Not only try to always come and experience His presence. He's calling you to surrender your life to Him in Jesus' name. And I believe that will happen tonight. I'm going to fast forward. In 2010, that is five years into our family being in, in, in the United States, I got married. I met Vlad. We actually met on Facebook. <laughs> Imagine that. He likes to say that you can use a mouse to find a spouse. <laughs> a bit lame, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, we use the mouse to find a spouse. <laughs> so we met on Facebook. Um, we got married. And I had to move here because he had ministry going on. I didn't have much going on because I wasn't really established uh, there in Vancouver. And... Um, I moved here and something um, bad and strange starting to happen with me that I have never experienced before. So new city, new church, no family, no friends, brand new marriage. And I am getting, trying to fit in and trying to get used to all of those things at once. It was so difficult for me that it pushed me to this darkness. And I believe I also carried some generational curses that had to be broken off of me that I never had to deal with. And I started to deal with all of that. And I felt such a darkness. I felt into the depression. The devil put his grip on me, on my soul. I didn't want to do anything with church anymore. And it was very difficult when your husband is a pastor and his wife is struggling like that you know that's that's pretty bad sometimes I would come to church and just like stand at the prayer and I wouldn't be able to open my mouth to pray because I would feel such a like darkness almost like demons seating on me that's kind of a darkness and heaviness I would experience but at that time I didn't know that it was demonic I did not know and then I started to experience severe nightmares where uh, to the point that 
I would scream in my night, at my night when I was sleeping, and my husband would have to wake me up because I was screaming from terror. And that continues uh, maybe a few times a week, those torments, paralysis. And the devil was taking me lower and lower and lower where I was so close of giving up. I, I was so close that I almost like, I already told him, you know what, I'm ready to pack my bags and go home. It's, it became really difficult. But we started to um, search for the solution. And we started to listen to, um, to the preachings about curses, demons, because at that time, our church was very, very small and tiny, and unlike right now. And we weren't necessarily aware of the spiritual realm too much. We were learning. And I started to realize through the sermons of particular men of God that what I'm dealing with is not just me, but it's the devil that is attacking me. And I want to read John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's the words of Jesus Christ. So what I, would, what I was experiencing is the thief, the devil, that was stealing my happiness, stealing my relationship with God, stealing my joy that belongs to me as a child of God, stealing all of those things. And guess what? What is the most successful thief? Is the one that stays anonymous. Am I pronouncing that correct? Anonymous, right? So his job is to make sure he's not cut. If he's cut, okay, he's not so good anymore, <laughs> right? And so we started to catch the thief through the sermons. And what Holy Spirit started to do with me is he started to open my eyes to the spiritual realm. Because what, what he was doing to me, the devil will tell me, you're such a bad person. You're so horrible. Look at you. You hate people. I literally hated people. I started to feel the emotions of hatred towards people. Such deep darkness, insecurities, curses, depression, jealousy, all of that junk the devil has put on me that wasn't mine, but he was whispering to me and saying, this is you. You're such a bad person. And at times, I, when I did not know, I would think that. I would think such a horrible things about myself. And I would think, I'm a, such a bad person. How can I be like this? And I would blame myself. And guess what? The devil was doing, oh yeah, she cut my lie. And she doesn't even know that it's not her. But something miraculous started to happen with me. As I was dedicating my hours to hear the Word of God, to hear the sermons about the Holy Spirit mainly and the deliverance, I started to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit on me, physically on my body. And I felt like I was an onion and the Holy Spirit was peeling the things off of me. 
peeling one layer, another layer, to the point where I was able to pray and fight for myself now, where before I could not, I was so stuck in myself, in my emotions, in my misery, in my depression. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He looses you up. You know, there's two ways to deliverance. First one is when someone is praying for you and you receive deliverance, right? Second one is what Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is the truth? The truth is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. As you get to know that person, as you get to know the truth, that's who he is. You begin to feel free and he begins to set you free. And if you feel like you've gone through deliverance, you have not received deliverance yet. There is another way he is working with you. You just have to be patient. He will deliver you. He will build you at the same time. And that's what happened to me. For a couple of years, I started to fill my mind with all the sermons. And Holy Spirit started to liberate me, liberate me, liberate me. When one day I wake up and I remember it like now, like it was yesterday. I wake up and the Holy Spirit is telling me, not like audibly, but I feel this impression in my heart. And he's telling me, Lana, you're free now. Get up. And I literally got up from my bed as a free person. Come on. You know when you are free, you will know that. This is what started to happen right after that. Is that when I got up that morning, I started to have desire to minister to women. So I started a life group. <laughs> because he will always deliver you for a purpose. To serve others. Because that's what Jesus called us to do. Amen. And another thing. He set me free from nightmares. Completely. No night paralysis. No nightmares. The devil has loosened his grip off of my soul. I'm going to share with you... Um, five lessons I've learned going through that pain and I want you to maybe take some notes or something if you want to <laughs> number one recognize your enemy and face him when the Holy Spirit opened up my eyes and he showed me that what I was experiencing was not me being such a horrible person but it was actually demonic I started to realize, oh my gosh, you have to separate yourself. And that is a very difficult job because we're so used to those negative emotions. We're so used to, in our mind, we go to self-pity. We go to all of those things because we're, we find almost like this comfort in it. But you have to separate yourself from that and almost like face it. Face the enemy. And you know, if you need to imagine him in front of you, 
That is not you being a bad person, hating on people, being jealous of someone, all of those negative things, being depressed, being negative. It's not you. I want you to be liberated. I want you to see and separate yourself from the enemy and face the enemy. Separate yourself and face the enemy. In John, no, 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, no, John 10, 10. We already read that the thief comes to destroy. And that's where we have to recognize the thief. It's the demons. It's the evil spirit. It's the curses. It's the devil who is a hater of your soul. And Jesus is the lover of your soul. And you are a neutral ground. But we are in a war zone because we live in a broken world. You are neutral. The devil is not innocent and God is not at fault. I want to tell you that whatever you're going through, we're so, we're just sometimes it's easy for us to, okay, we want to leave devil alone, but we blame God. You know, I'm here to tell you it's not God's fault that you're going what you're going through today it's not God's fault but he wants to deliver you today because there is an enemy and we have to see him and face that enemy and not be afraid number two seek Jesus's face more than your freedom because your freedom is a byproduct of being near him so when we are struggling going through things like that it's very important I know it's so easy to get caught up with being so desperate for our deliverance you know and it's good because deliverance is for the desperate but we must not become so desperate that all we want is deliverance and not God because when he will deliver us what's gonna happen we're gonna leave him and live our lives and be worse off than we were before God wants to deliver you but we must seek his face um, first Chronicles 16 11 it says that seek the Lord and his strength seek his presence continually you know it's so easy for us to um, get caught up and we are built in such a way that we hate suffering we, we hate us humans we just don't like it we want to escape it we want a quick fix we want somebody to just pray for us one time and just men of God deliver me from all my problems but that's not how the world works and that's not how God works either my third point is embrace suffering don't try to run from it learn from it it will end you know when you're going through tough stuff it seems like God has forsaken you and it will never end you know me going like three four years through all of that it seemed like this will never end and you just want to give up you just want to give up second Timothy 2 3 it says endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ you know some suffering we have to endure 
and we have to be patient why why God wants us to endure certain sufferings is because if he gives us a quick fix we will not serve him we will not be built the way he wants to build us but he wants to build you into the soldier you know what soldiers do they endure suffering during war okay and you are a soldier in the army of Christ you must endure hardships and suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ and not seek a quick fix because the devil took so many years to build strongholds in your mind to tear your life down let's not expect God to fix it in one moment many times that's not how it works and we have to be patient with God and not throw in the towel amen number four never give up never ever ever give up you know going through all that suffering so many times I felt like God I can't handle this anymore I just want to give up I just can't you know what helped me something that you're hearing right now somebody was preaching and Holy Spirit just dropped something so small in my heart it wasn't such a powerful sermon or anything it was the work of the Holy Spirit those few words from a preacher that said it takes as much amount of energy to be negative than to try to be positive and I was like hmm and that's such a simple phrase just got into my spirit so deep and Holy Spirit gave me grace not to give up and I believe that the Holy Spirit is leading each person into the point when you make a decision not to give up I remember I was working and uh, I was driving and I was talking to the Holy Spirit and I'm like uh, in pain and I tell him that you know Holy Spirit I'm not gonna give up even if it will take me all my life to fight for freedom and to fight to be free I will not give up I'm gonna choose this path and I feel like the Holy Spirit is like that's what I was waiting for that's what I was waiting for you know I chose him not for what he can do for me but for him because I believe that he's a good father regardless of what he can do for me or he might not and to that point but you know even with that decision we have to understand that our father is a good father and he does not like to see his children suffer and he is free he is here to deliver and set free if you have a good father I have a good father my dad is so awesome I just like love and respect him so much he's not perfect but he's awesome and how much of good he has for me I remember how he was telling me that when I was born how much he wanted me <laughs> those those words 
from my dad it's so simple but it meant so much and he said that so long ago and every time I remember and they're like stuck in my mind that he wanted me <laughs> I have two older brothers and when I was born my dad was so happy but it's one thing he's happy he told me that that means the world to me can you imagine how your heavenly father is happy that you are here on earth and he's telling you that he wanted you that he loves you that he embraces you and tonight he will pour out that love on you those of you that come from you know families that you don't have a father and we have a lot of families in our generation they grew up without fathers with rejection God is here tonight to embrace and to tell you that he is your father and you don't need to seek and seek fulfillment of that whole in the things that are not good that will never ever bring fulfillment into your life so never give up ever ever give up even if certain things will not come to pass in your life that you're praying for it's okay he is worth it following Jesus is worth everything everything he's worth of everything that we're afraid to lose follow him for him not for what he can do for you amen let's give a hand to Jesus Christ he is worthy in my last point I'm gonna bring that to the conclusion let's go back to um, okay let's read this one James 1 dear brothers and sisters when troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity for great joy can you imagine that this verse almost offended me when I was going through tough times like God seriously what are you saying this is nonsense okay and we can be we can we can talk to God like you know to a father not with disrespect but we can be open and that's what I was like I was almost offended dear brothers and sisters when troubles of any kind come there's no exclusion unless they are demonic okay 99% of our troubles are demonic FYI okay maybe 95 troubles of any kind come your way consider it as an opportunity for great joy what does that even mean this is kind of crazy how can you going through stuff being mindful of that that's when when we read the word of God the Holy Spirit reveals things to us and you know why to consider that as an opportunity for great joy is because in this verse 
I believe that's what it meant for me. <laughs> that God will deliver you and you will have joy. Because if we don't go through stuff, if we don't go through hardships, through uh, heart crashes, through all of that stuff, we will not cherish joy. We will not know how that feels. When I was bound, now I am free. Have you ever been bound by something and the Lord set you free? Yes? How do you feel about that? Do you feel joyful? Come on. You know, when I was going through all those years of darkness and now, and now I am delivered and I can enjoy my life. Guys, this is pure joy. Pure joy. Not just happiness because things are well with my finances with my marriage no I was bound by demons and he set me free pure joy he brought joy to my life and I speak that over your life and tonight somebody will receive deliverance and be set free do you believe that come on and now my last point Genesis 1 and 2, the first uh, verse that we read, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The earth was formless and empty. You know, I'm going to compare your soul to the earth right now. If you feel like this verse right here in Genesis, the second verse in the first book of the Bible, that you're formless, you're empty, and deep darkness is covering you. And that's how I felt for many years. Deep darkness inside of my soul is covering me. And if you feel like that tonight, I have a good news for you. And the Spirit of God was hovering over. The Spirit of God is hovering over you right now. That's why some of you, you feel His presence right now. You know that He's touching you right now. It's because the Spirit of God is hovering over you the Spirit of God is hovering over your darkness and he's here to form you like he formed the earth remove the darkness and fill the void that you're sensing in your soul hey guys I hope you enjoyed this week's message if you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.